Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast, where we exist to make Jesus famous. We hope this message is life-giving, encouraging, and challenges you in your walk with Christ. Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast. I just feel like I'm supposed to read a scripture that has nothing to do with my sermon, but this is for somebody today, 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 19. It says this, so if you are suffering in a manner that pleases God, keep on doing what is right. 1 Peter 4, 19. So if you're suffering in a manner that pleases God, keep on doing what is right. Sometimes it's hard to keep doing what's right when everything's going wrong. Right When everything seems to be falling apart, you want to say, well, what's the use? Why should I keep doing this? And Peter is saying this, man, if you're suffering and you're still following the Lord, keep at it. Keep doing what is right and trust your lives to God who created you. And I love this part. He says, he, for he will never fail you. Man, for he will, he's never failed once. It may not look like you thought, but he hasn't failed you. You may thought life looked different, but he has not failed you. He is still with you. He's not abandoning you. He's not going anywhere. So for somebody that maybe you're watching online or you're here today, just a quick little two-minute blip, man, he won't fail you. So keep doing what you know is right, even though it's not going like what you thought. Today we're in a new series called Jesus Said What? Right? Um, Jesus Said What? Um, what, what was that, God? Um, and, and kind of the idea came from this. Um, anytime I say something to Casey and she's like, what'd you say? Right? And then I'm being a turd. Um, she's like, what'd you say? I'm like, nothing. Um, like, or I mumble it. And she's like, what? And I'm like, yeah, what? 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 You have to say what? Right? And so, um, this is all, and, and parents, you've had this. What'd you say? What'd you say? And they're like, nothing. And you're like, no, it's what I thought. And, and sometimes Jesus said something in the Bible and in the scriptures that were like, man, surely he didn't mean it, right? I know, I know he said it, but did he really mean all that he said? And so this is going to be a series for the next four weeks, just talking about some of the big things. We can't get into it all. Um, but some of the major things that Jesus said to us as followers of him. And today I want to talk to you about neighbors and trees. Neighbors and trees. Um, some of you watch the news for news. Um, I watch the news for stories. I watch the news for illustrations. I watch the news for dumb people to do dumb things. Um, and so 
um, that's pretty much all the news is now, right? Like, you're like, so you watch the news too. But um, I ran across the story the other day. I took a picture while it was on TV so I could remember to go back. And it was a story that happened um, very recently, two neighbors in the United Kingdom, um, during the whole COVID pandemic where nobody could go anywhere, they had this tree that has been in their yard for 25 years, right? Some of you, maybe you've seen this. Um, and part of the tree is hanging over the neighbor's driveway. It's a, like, and so the branches are hanging over the driveway, and it's been there 25 years. They've been neighbors for a really, really long time. Um, and, and the one neighbor decided that he no longer likes the sound of birds. Um, he doesn't like birds singing. He doesn't like birds chirping. I'm like, Grinch. Um, you know, it just sounds like a Grinch of a person, right? I'm like, man. Um, but he, and, and, and this part I understand, and he's tired of all the bird poop. Like, he's tired of it. He's like, it's everywhere. I don't want it. And so so he threatened to cut part of the tree that was on his half off, like cut the tree in half, all the branches completely in half. And the other neighbor's like, no, 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 let's, let's figure something out. We can fix this, right? It's like a bad breakup. Like, no, babe, we can fix this. You know, give me one more chance. Um, and so they're like, put it, he was like, let's put a net in. We'll come up with something. And nope, this guy hired somebody to cut the tree and the tree looks like this right now. Um, this is an actual picture. <laughs> Of what? <laughs> of what the tree looks like. I'm pretty sure Nate Gormley could do this. Um, but that's fantastic. Cody Myers of Christ Center Long can do this for one of your trees in your neighborhood if you need. Um, but I'm just like, what a jerk, right? Like, you look at this, and this has become like a tourist attraction now. Like, people are walking by, and they're like, do you see the tree? And like, it looks like it's Photoshopped. I'm like, how in the world is that real? Um, and people are making memes of it and everything else. Here, here's the sad part. These neighbors were friends for like 20 years. Their kids played together. Their grandkids got together. And since this has happened, they haven't talked. They, Kind of understandably, not, not really. But, but, you know, you got upset over bird poop in a tree. And it ruined the relationship you had with your neighbor. And Jesus talks a lot about loving your neighbor. In fact, it's one of the most famous parables that, that we know. Because out of it came a phrase, loving your neighbor, that we use. It's really, we don't even know it's an oxymoron, but it's a big oxymoron, and we'll describe why it is in a little bit, called the Good Samaritan, right? We say, go be a Good Samaritan. We still use that phrase. And, and most of us were like, man, that to, to, to the Jewish culture, that is the biggest oxymoron that there could be, because Jews didn't like Samaritans. And we'll kind of dive into that in a little bit. But out of this, Jesus is talking about what does it look like to love your neighbor. So our text is gonna be found in Luke chapter 10. We're gonna dive into verse 25, and it says this. One day an expert in religious law stood up to test Jesus by asking him this question. Teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus replied, what does the law of Moses say, and how do you read it? The man answered, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your strength and all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Right, Jesus told him, do this and you will live. And the man wanted to justify his actions. He's trying to trap Jesus here. He's trying to find a loophole. And so he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? 
Jesus replied with a story, a parable, right? A Jewish man was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho, and he was attacked by bandits. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him up, and left him half dead beside the road. By chance, a priest, which we call pastors, right? So a pastor, like a really holy man. So probably not your pastor, but a really holy pastor. Um, by chance, a pastor, a priest came along, but when he saw the man lying there, he crossed to the other side of the road and passed him by. A temple assistant, an associate pastor, we'll call it Sammy Floyd because he's gone today, right? So the connections director, Assistant, associate pastor walked over and looked at him lying there, right? He's like nosy, like, oh, what happened, dude, right? Like, he's like, oh, you look disgusting. And he goes over there, looks there, but he's like, oh, man, bro, that's bad. And then he walks by, right? He also passed by on the other side, like, here, I'm going to Instagram that, and I'm going to just go, like, tough Wednesday, right? Like, bad, bad, bad Monday, Um. Then a despised Samaritan came along, and when he saw the man, he felt compassion for him. Going over to him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine and bandaged them. Then he put the man on his own donkey. He put the man in his brand new car, right? He put him in his hybrid, whatever you want to call, um, put him in his, that's what the donkey was, put him in his, in his car and took him to an inn where he took care of him. The next day, he handed the innkeeper two silver coins, telling him, take care of this man. If his bill runs higher than this, I'll pay you the next time I'm here. Here's what he did. He checked him to an all-inclusive resort, okay? That's what this guy's doing. And he says, if he gets COVID, I will pay you for the 10 days he has to stay extra, right? Like, if that's what's happening. So now, which of these three would you say was a neighbor to the man who was attacked by the bandits, Jesus asked? The man replied, the one who showed him mercy. Then Jesus said, yes, now go and do the same. There's something that keeps you and I from going and doing the same. It's the first thing I wanna to talk to you about. It's this, don't be too busy to be bothered. Don't be too busy to love your neighbor. Don't be too busy to love those who are in need. Don't be too busy to minister to those that are hurting. Don't be too busy. Don't think your time's too important. Don't think you are too important to minister and to be there for those that God has placed in your life. The first guy, the pastor, the priest, right? He, he, he kind of, this is what happened. I love this. He sees what's going on, and, and here's what we do. If I don't make contact, they don't know I'm here. We haven't made contact, so we don't have to talk, right? Like, okay, I know them, but I really don't want to see them, so I'm just going to ignore that. And if we don't make contact, they're going to be like, oh, they didn't see me. We didn't see them. It's all great and good, and so I'm just going to keep looking away and keep my head, head in the sand. And some of us, we want to live our life like this. We want to just pretend like, oh, I was, bro, I had, I had no idea, right? Like, I had no idea you were, you were going through a divorce and you needed somebody to talk to. Bro, I had no idea you were on hard times financially. I had no idea that you were in the hospital because hospitals freak me out and I don't want to go to the hospital, right? Like, I had no idea, right, bro? Like, I totally would have been there. No, you wouldn't. You're doing exactly what this pastor was doing. You're just trying to stay ignorant because sometimes ignorance is bliss, right? And you're like, oh man, it's just a lot easier and I'm too busy to, 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 to really even mess with this. And then the associate pastor comes along. 
Connections director. Come on, Sammy. He comes along, and he actually sees the guy. He's like, bro, ooh, man, you're broke, and you're ugly, and you're just, you just got it handed to you. Conor McGregor right here in the ditch, right? Like, man, where you at now, right? Like, where you at? Keep strutting, I'm just saying. Connor's in the ditch. <laughs> and there's somebody's like, oh, oh, what's he talking about? It's all right. It's all right. And, and, and no, it, like he's just like, good luck. God bless. Come on, we do this. Jeremiah 29 11, bro. For I know the plans God has for you. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you a bright and glorious future. Hang on to that, bro. I'll see you at church on Sunday. <laughs> this is what we do, church. Because it's a lot easier to throw some scriptures at them than get involved with them. Because, well, I'm just too busy. I, 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 if you knew everything that was on my plate, you know, I can't, I can't do something for everyone. No, but the people got places in your path that you see in the ditch. I mean, loving your neighbor gets in the ditch with them. It gets in the mess with them. And, and let me be honest here. Let me, let's just be transparent. Your pastor struggles with his schedule being interrupted. I, I didn't used to. I used to be go with the flow type guy until we started the church. And then now it's like, man, we got to have things going and structured. And I got to get this done. And if you want to know what makes me crankier than anything, it's making me feel like I wasn't productive and I didn't get all my to-do list knocked out. And some of you are there. Some of you totally get this right now. But what I have found is your interruptions, the interruptions that God sends your way are ministry. Man, the people in the ditch that you're just like, oh, doggone it but I've got a sermon to prepare, right? Priest is like, oh, I got, I got all, these, I got all this, this message to prepare, and I've got, I got people counting on me, so, so I'm just gonna, no, 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 no. God bless, I'll be praying for you. No, here's the simple truth. Love steps in where people take off, right? That, that's really what loving your, love steps in where people take off. Off. It reminds me of the story in Luke chapter 5 where the friends take their buddy who's paralyzed and he's on a mat and he can't get to Jesus and they finally get to the house where Jesus is and the house is packed, right? It's like Easter Sunday. Everybody's there to worship Jesus on Easter, right? You're like, oh man, there's not a seat in the place. And what do they do? They decide, well, we're not gonna stop here. They, I still would love to see how this happened. They get him on the roof, they tear the roof open, and they lower the guy down on, a, like, on his mat in front of Jesus, like boop. Now let's say, let's say Jesus was here flesh and blood right now. And we take him to Brandon Hayes' house, right? And I'm using Brandon because he's right here. Brandon moved into a home not too long ago. And let's say we're all packed in there. Jesus is there. We've got a charcuterie board, however you say that. Like, we're just like, all right, here we go. We got all this stuff going on. It's packed. It's partying. And some guys that Brandon doesn't even know, 
decide, you know what, I'm coming in and we can't come in, so we're going to tear your roof off. I'm going to tell you, Brandon's going to be mad. And he's going to say things in that moment that he shouldn't say in front of Jesus, especially. <laughs> you get the mic next week, okay? Um, why? Because, man, you're, you're disturbing my, man, this is my house. And if I'm, if I'm Jesus, I'm like, bro, I'm right in the middle of a story. Like, I'm telling a parable of a Samaritan right now. Can you wait? Like, wait till the prayer time. Like, come on. Meet me before or after, between one of the three services, guys. Come on. But that interruption, that disruption, that's where, that's where somebody's life was changed. And the same goes for you and me. Don't be too busy to be bothered. Don't be too busy to love your neighbor because we can make all the excuses we want to, but many times loving your neighbor means being willing to get in the ditch with them. It means willing to get into the mess with them because here's the truth. Loving others is a command, not an option. Loving others is a command, not an option. When I was a teenager, my dad would, I mowed the yard growing up, right? I don't know if I mowed it great, but I mowed the yard. And my dad, this is what would happen. My dad would come in and he'd say, Justin, hey, I need you to mow the, the, the yard today. And when he said this, here's what I heard. This was translated into my teenage brain. Hey, Justin, whenever it's convenient for you and whenever you feel like doing it, I need you to mow the yard sometime today. Cool, awesome, thanks, you're the greatest son in the world. Translation, right? Here's what my dad meant. Hey, Justin, I need you to finish what you're doing right now and get your butt up and stop being lazy and go mow the yard immediately when you're done eating your popsicle, right? That's exactly what my dad meant. Here's the problem. I heard a command with an option of when I wanted to do it, right? There was a command given, but I put an option of when I had to do it. And the same is true for you and me when it comes to what Jesus is saying. We know the command, love your neighbor, but there comes this option where we're like, mm, mm, but do I have to love everyone, right? Like, but, but, but what about when this happens? Right? What, what about when they do that? And what about when this happens and when this occurs? And, and here's what's crazy. Jesus covers this in John chapter 15, verse 12. He says this, this is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. So he takes it up a whole nother notch. It's not just about loving your neighbors yourself. Now he's saying this, love people like I loved you. Ugh. John 13, verse 34 through 35. So now I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Not the Bible you carry, not the Christian t-shirt you wear. Your love for one another will prove that you are my disciples. Luke 26, 27 says this, but to those who are willing to listen, if you haven't turned me out, turned me off yet or tuned me out, if you're still willing to listen, I say love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who hurt you. If someone slaps you on the cheek, hit them back. No, if someone slaps you on the cheek, 
Offer the other cheek also. I still have yet to do that. If someone demands your coat, offer your shirt also. Give to anyone who asks, and when things are taken from you, don't try to get them back. Here's a golden rule. Do to others as you would like them to do to you. And he just starts, keep, keeps with the punches. If you love only those who love you, why should you get credit for that? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you only do good to those who do good to you, why should you get credit? Even sinners do that much. And if ah, you lend money only to those who can repay you, why should you get credit? Even sinners will lend to other sinners for a full return. Love your enemies. Do good to them. Lend to them without expecting to be repaid. I've never heard a pastor preach that. I don't want to do that, right? I'm just being honest. Then your reward from heaven will be very great and you will truly be acting as children of the, then you're acting like the church he designed you to be. For he is kind to those who are unthankful and wicked. Jesus said, what? Right? Are you kidding me? I have to be, and here's the deal. We don't, we don't call them our enemies, Right? We call them annoying people. We call them those people. Well, I don't agree with them. I don't like their lifestyle. I don't like who they are. And, and here it is. Jesus, Jesus says to love others, to love people as our neighbor, over eight times. Over eight times he gives us this command. Not once, not twice. He doesn't put it with this massive grouping of commands that it would get lost somewhere. No, 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 no. He singles it out because it was that big of a deal. And, and, and James calls it the royal rule because it sounds like it would be beautiful and it is when it works, but Jesus knew we would struggle with it. That's why he made it a command. In church, we can't just love people that act like us. Man, why would, why, would sin, why would lost people ever want to come into a church that only loves people that look like them, that vote like them, that react like them, that have the same lifestyle as them? Our job is to love the lost even when their lifestyle is, goes against everything you believe in. Jesus says this, love those people. It's that big. And it's not an option. There's not this loophole. He just says, no, 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 just love them. In fact, it says this in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 24. I read this this week, and I was like, oh, Jesus, help me. A servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but must be kind to everyone. Everybody say, everyone. Be able to teach, and here it is. And be patient with difficult people. Oh. I wanted to, like, cross that out of my Bible. This means, and I know she's here, so I'm gonna get in trouble. This means I have to be patient with my mother-in-law. I love you, Debbie. Bob, you have to be patient with her too. Um, you have to be patient with people. And that's what we say, well, they're just difficult. I'm just gonna avoid them. Now you gotta be patient with them. You gotta love them. And here's what I found. Good loving ain't easy. Good loving? Oh, it ain't easy. I love that they spelled it the way I meant it. 
You gotta work at loving people good. You, you gotta work at loving people the way Christ has instructed us to love because our default is not to love our enemies, right? Let's be honest. Our default is to just hit back as hard as we get hit. I'm not gonna be a sissy. I'm not gonna be a sheep, right? It's a big target word right now, sheeple. Like you're just being sheeple, right? Right? I'm not saying you have to be a sissy and a wuss right now, but you can be strong and be a lion and still love people. You can still be courageous and bold and stand for truth and still love those who don't think like you, vote like you, and love like you. You can still be a man of God in Stanford. We've made this so extreme that pastors, when we talk about loving everyone, it's like, well, you're not standing for truth. No, you gotta stand for truth, but if we don't love people, we're absolutely absent of what the gospel is all about. It's got to be both. And where there's just love and no, no truth, it's just sloppy grace. Jesus isn't just giving everybody a hall pass and we'll get to that next week, right? Just go do it. Do whatever you want. No, that's not what it was either. But what's happened, church, in the last few years, we've become so extreme one way or the other because loving good, good loving ain't easy. Loving like God has called us to love, it doesn't just happen. You have to choose to love the way God and Jesus has instructed us to love. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, we read this all the time at weddings, right? We're like, oh, it's such a beautiful way husbands are supposed to love wives. It's way bigger than that. This is the way we are supposed to love people. Yeah, husbands and wives, you're supposed to love like this. You're supposed to love your kids like this. You're supposed to love your parents like this. But this is how we're supposed to love our enemies. This is how we're supposed to love difficult people and annoying people. And it says this, and I love it out of the message translation. It says, if I speak with human eloquence and, and, and angelic ecstasy, but don't love, I'm nothing but the creaking of a rusty gate. If I speak God's word with power, revealing all his mysteries and making everything plain as day, and if I have faith that says to a mountain, jump, and it jumps, but I don't love, I'm nothing. If I give everything I own to the poor and even go to the stake to be burned as a martyr, but I do not love, I've gotten nowhere. So no matter what I say, what I believe, and what I do, I'm bankrupt without love. Love never gives up. Love cares more for others than for self. Love doesn't want what it doesn't have. Love doesn't strut, doesn't have a swelled head, doesn't force itself on others, isn't always me first, doesn't fly off the handle, doesn't fly off the handle, doesn't fly off the handle. <laughs> doesn't keep score, okay, we're still working on that, of the sins of others, doesn't revel when others grovel, takes pleasure in the, flower, pleasure in the flowering of truth, puts up with anything. Trust God always, always looks for the best, never looks back, but keeps going to the end. This is the way Jesus and the Lord has instructed us to love others. That you would love your enemies. You would love difficult people. That you would be patient 
with difficult people, that you wouldn't be quick to fight, but you would be quick to love. That when a person comes in to church that you don't like, you would be the first person to meet them, greet them, and welcome them. That's the kind of love he's calling you to. That the person that hurts you the most is a person you're reaching out and inviting to church. That's the kind of love Jesus is talking about. It's not a passive love. It is an active love. And it goes against your nature and my nature. But when Jesus said, hey, love your enemies, love others as I have loved you, that's what he's talking about. Guess who the ones were that crucified him? Were we are. And he's like, still Love the people that are still trying to take you out. That's how I'm calling you to love others. Love others as I have loved you. This is what Jesus says. Love your neighbor. This is it. We all have that neighbor. We're like, they're not my neighbor. <laughs> I remember when we were youth pastors in Wichita Falls and the kids were, um, all the youth kids were toilet paper in our house nonstop. And so I was ready, and I had sponsors, and I had eggs, and I had paintball guns, and I had stink bait, and I had power washers, and we were ready. And it's about one in the morning, and the teenagers come out, and I mean, we bombard them. We, we lock ourselves in their cars. I mean, we, we wasted those teenagers. And it got really loud, and I had never met my neighbor across the way until at 1.30 that morning. He comes out in his saggy whitey tidies and a shotgun. The only thing he's missing is like a raccoon hat, right? Like, and he's like, get off my yard. And I'm like, guys, step back, <laughs> step, step back. Sorry, sir. You know, and I mean, never met him, never talked to him ever since. I was like, do not go near that house, right? And we all have neighbors like that. I had a neighbor growing up that he had a beautiful yard and he was the guy that said, get off my lawn, right? Whenever the basketball would go onto his yard and my dad would be like, stop yelling at my kid, right? Like, you'll keep him to tell him to shoot better and keep his ball off my yard, right? We all had that neighbor. And this is where this goes to. In verse 29, the man wanted to justify his actions, so he asked Jesus, at who? Who exactly is my neighbor? And Jesus, at this point, he goes into this scandalous story, right? He takes the people the Jews hate the most, the Samaritans. And the Samaritans don't like the Jews, and the Jews don't like the Samaritans. It's like rival street gangs, right? And there's a whole thing that I don't have time to go why they, when the whole nation of Israel splintered back in David's time, it all started from there, and it's just carried over into Jesus' time. They hate one another. And Jesus says, hey, that scandalous, horrible Samaritan, the one that loved the Jewish person that was in the ditch, when all the holy Jews kept walking by, be like the Samaritan. And, and here's the great thing. Jesus goes, so who do you think was a neighbor? And this righteous Jewish person can't even say the Samaritan was, right? He's like the last guy. That guy, not, I'm not going to say his name. I'm not even going to point the last one, but uh, whatever, Jesus, right? Uh, it's the first uh in the Bible. Like if I had my own version, it'd be like, uh, whatever, God. That's it. And Jesus says, be like him. Scandalous. That's your neighbor. The person you don't like, the person you can't stand, that's who you're supposed to love. 
It's hard. And we want to make this loophole, but they've done this and this is their lifestyle and this is how they do and this is what they say and this is what they bring. Every single time I talk to them, this is what they do. And Jesus says this, love them anyways. Love your neighbor. Some of us were sitting there saying, well, who's my neighbor? So let me give you a list I came up with of who our neighbor is. My neighbor is the person who is like me and my neighbor is the one nothing like me. My neighbor is the one who looks like me and the one who looks nothing like me. My neighbor is the person who lives next to me and the person who lives nowhere near me. My neighbor is the person who thinks like me and the person who thinks nothing like me. My neighbor is the person who votes like me and the person who votes opposite of me. My neighbor is the person I like to be around and the person I can't stand to be around. My neighbor is the person who makes me laugh and my neighbor is the person who is difficult to deal with. My neighbor is a person who is a Christian, and my neighbor is an atheist, a Muslim, a Buddhist, or an agnostic. My neighbor is a person who is a Republican, and my neighbor is a person who is a Democrat. My neighbor is a person who is on the Trump train, whoop, whoop, and my neighbor is a person on the Biden bus, uh-uh, right? My neighbor is a person who is a legal citizen, and my neighbor is a person who is an illegal immigrant. Are we being more political or are we being more Christian? I know I'm getting into people's politics. Call to love them. My neighbor is a person who is white. My, my neighbor is a person who is brown. My neighbor is a person who is black. My neighbor is the person who is yellow and I cannot love my neighbor by being racist. My neighbor is the person who is young and my neighbor is the person who is old. My neighbor is the person who grew up in church and my neighbor is the person who has never been to church. My neighbor is the person who has been found and my neighbor is the person who is still lost. My neighbor is the person who is rich and my neighbor is the person who is poor. My neighbor is the person who brings me peace and the person who brings me stress. My neighbor is the person who is educated and my neighbor is the person still trying to get an education. My neighbor is the person who gave me money and my neighbor is the person who still owes me money. My neighbor are those that are closest to me and those that I haven't talked with in years. My neighbor is the one who has never known addiction and my neighbor is the one still fighting to get over addiction. My neighbor is the one who encourages me and my neighbor is the one who criticizes me. My neighbor is the one who is loyal to me and my neighbor is the one who gossips about me. My neighbor is the one who I see as my friend and my neighbor is the one who has always been my enemy. My neighbor is the person who has their life together and the person whose life is a mess. And I am called and you are called to love our neighbors. That's it. That's who your neighbor is. That's who my neighbor is. And church, if we're gonna be the church Jesus Christ called us to be, we can't just say Jesus said, huh? What did you say? I didn't get it. You're talking in my bad ear, Jesus. We'll have to try again next week. No, we listen to the commands that Jesus instructed to love our neighbors, even when they cut trees in half. Love them. Even when they go against everything you stand, love them. Because that's how people will know we belong to him. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. Man, God, I know I'm, there's some work I still have yet to do when it comes to this message.
And Lord, there's a lot of times we let our, our politics get in front of the commands that you've called us to. And, and God, th this is just hard. Lord, there's absolutely moments for truth and, and, and leading with courage and boldness, absolutely. But in the midst of that, you've still called us to love one another. You've called us to love people that are in this church and people that are outside of this church, people who help build this church and people who are trying to destroy this church. You've still called us to love them. And so, Lord, I pray that we wouldn't look for loopholes. We wouldn't say, well, yeah, yeah, yeah I, I got it, but, but they did this. And if they did this, then, then I would start doing what I need to do. Lord, our love is not contingent on how other people act. Because, Lord, you first loved us. That's how we know what love is. You didn't make your, our, your love contingent on the way that we behaved. And thank God. Because we never would have earned it. We never would have been worthy of it. And so help us. Help us, Lord, today to not make our love for others, people that, that we understand and look like us and understand like us and think like us, but also the people we just don't get. How could they think this way? And how could they read? And how could they live their life this way? And what are they doing? And Lord Jesus, even those people, you have called us to love our neighbors, to love them. So Lord, let us stop talking about everybody and let us start loving everybody. Let us stop wishing everybody would change and let us love them where they are so that your spirit might use us to bring change to their life. Move and let us be the person and let us be the church you've called us to be to love our neighbor. With heads bowed and eyes closed today, if you're here and you say, Justin, I'm here. And where I'm at isn't where I need to be in my relationship with Jesus. Maybe you're here today and you say, Justin, man, I've just drifted away from him and I just need to get things right and I need to recommit my life. Whether you're here in person or you're watching online, I'm gonna count to three and all I want you to do is raise your hand and we're gonna lead you in a prayer that will change your life. One, two, three. Is there anyone here today you say, Justin, that's me, yep. Yep, is there anyone else you join these two hands that are lifted before we go in? Man, we're not gonna call you out. We're not gonna lead you in some room. We're just gonna lead you in a prayer that will absolutely change your life. And some of you, you have been waiting for a moment for everything to turn around. This is it. If there's anybody else here before we go any further, you would join these two hands that are raised and you just say, Justin, my life needs to change. Yeah, I see you. Is there anyone else? You join those three, now four hands. You say, Justin, that's me today. And I know, I know there's a change that needs to happen. And you can fight it or you can sur surrender to it, but what I can tell you is when you start doing things Jesus' way, it's always better. It's always better. And like Yizzy was saying during worship, some of you, it's just time to surrender because you're full of all of you and not much of him. Is there anyone else before we go any further? You join these four hands that are lifted before we go any further in service. Yeah, I got you. Is there anyone else? You join these five hands that are lifted today. If you raise your hand, if you please repeat this prayer after me and mean it from your heart. Jesus, I come before you today. And God, I confess that I have sinned. I confess that I've messed up and I ask for your forgiveness. 
God, I turn away from the life that I was living. I repent of it. And I turn to you, Jesus Christ. And I grab hold of the life you have for me. I confess you, Jesus, to be the Lord and the Savior of my life. I'm going to live for you the rest of my days. It is in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks so much for listening to our podcast. If you have any questions, are in need of prayer, or would like to join a connect group, feel free to email me at Nicole at foundationschurch.tv. that you enjoyed this message. If you have any questions or want to reach out to us, you can email us at info at or visit our website at foundationschurch.tv.